Hello listeners and welcome to your dose of positivity at the Positive Cast. I'm your host Mitali Sahani. Together we will embark on a journey of knowing about ordinary people doing extraordinary things for the environment, community and towards sustainability. Join me as I speak with motivated individuals and cover stories of fantastic innovations made for the betterment of everyone. So sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, so I need to confess that I cannot contain my excitement for today's show because a lot has happened between the time this episode was recorded, which was only last week by the way, and now we have a very special guest today who is among the five people in the whole world to have won the prestigious Earthshot Award of 2021. Now for those who do not know about this, the award has been making news for so many reasons that I do not even know where to start. So first and foremost, of course, this award was for a great cause where the winners have come up with exceptional innovations to protect our environment. and our guest has been awarded for his outstanding work to battle air pollution this past week secondly it was such a star studded event it was held in london and the likes of prince william david attenborough emma watson emma thompson and a performance by coldplay and etchirin were part of it do i really need to go on about how significant this was most importantly this was a prize money of wait for it 1 million pounds which each of these winners would be using to scale their inventions i mean you can imagine how exceptional this invention and our guest for today would be yes we have the founder of the social enterprise takachar vidyut mohan with us today and mind you this was not the first award his organization has received So please stay tuned as we get talking to this young prodigy. <coughs> It is already the time of the year that the residents of Delhi dread the most. In the winter months air pollution is at its peak making Delhi one of the most polluted cities in the world. Its severity rises when smoke from burning of agricultural residues from areas surrounding delhi engulfs the city the government has tried to make efforts to deal with this issue but has not been very effective that's when we have seen citizens come forward to try and deal with this problem takachar has been founded by vidyut mohan and kevin kong as a possible solution to this humongous challenge they have already received many awards for their initiative which is still at a pilot stage which include the likes of the prestigious UN Young Champion of the Earth 2020, Echoing Green Fellow, the Forbes Social Entrepreneur Award of 2020, among many others. Let's welcome this upcoming entrepreneur, Vidyut Mohan, to our show. Hello, Vidyut. We are so happy to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you. The pleasure is all ours. So as we start could you please tell us a little bit about who you are where you're from and what you do Yeah so uh, as you introduced uh, I'm Vidyut I've been born and brought up in uh, Delhi 
I am a mechanical engineer by training, where I focused uh, my education on energy systems, and I'm deeply passionate about uh, energy access uh, issues and creating climate solutions that address not only climate issues but also social problems. And that's where I've been focused my my work on. So I believe you have founded this organization called Takachar to deal with the problem of air pollution caused due to the burning of agricultural residue or biomass as it is called and the issues associated with it. Could you please tell us a little bit more about your work and Takachar in general? Uh, so imagine, I mean, imagine a farmer in, in rural Uttar Pradesh, for example. Uh, and uh, the farmer uh, is has grown their crop um, and uh, they're about to harvest it. And post-harvest, uh, they've le- they're left behind with this agricultural waste on their land. Uh, the farmer at, at the moment, at that point, uh, uh, does not know what to do with it because many a times they cannot sell that as cattle feed. While at the same time, they, uh, they need to get rid of it so that they can plant the next crop. So uh, what uh, they have no other option left, I mean, uh, but to just burn it because it's the cheapest and fastest way. And uh, worldwide, uh, close to $120 billion per year of agricultural and forest waste, such as uh, rice straws, sugarcane trash, cotton waste, coconut shells, pine needles, etc., burnt in the open, which otherwise could have been used uh, productively. And when millions of these farmers burn these wastes together, uh, that creates a smoke problem, not only for them in the villages, but also for urban clusters uh, living near them, They were deteriorating the air quality significantly. I think for uh, South Asia and particularly Northern India, uh, the contribution of the open burning of these agricultural wastes is set to contribute up to 30% of the smog in, many, in some of the winter months. Uh, so it forms a quite a significant chunk of the uh, bad air during the peak pollution season. Right. Now, as we can gather from the facts you are sharing with us, this is a humongous problem at hand and not many people have been able to find a solution to it. We would like to know from you that what got you personally interested in trying to find a solution to this issue? Um, You know, because this is something that so many experts have been trying to work on and not much progress has been made. So please tell us about your story. So uh, during my master's program, I, uh, I think in 2013, 2014, I was exploring what to do and uh, my thesis should focus on. And my master's program was on uh, energy systems. I did. I was not too keen on solar and wind at that point in time because I saw a lot of attention already going to that area, a lot of research already happening. And it felt that uh, those fields would reach their potential sooner or later. Uh, but uh, biomass was a field which I saw ha- had a lot of potential, but uh, there wasn't much happening. So I was, I was trying to explore why. I wanted to explore why. And that seemed like a challenge, challenging topic for mm-hmm. a master's thesis or research project. So just from a technical uh, point of view and for a challenge for a thesis, I took that up at that point in time and just piqued my curiosity. And of course, uh, while I was doing my master's thesis, I think uh, the, the crop residue burning problem peaked in Northern India around that point and started gathering a lot of media interest. And I think only around that point, I think we actually started making these air quality measurements. 
in the contribution of these residues. So, um, you know, that directly resonated with me as well at that point in time, uh, being uh, brought up in Delhi and um, having seen the winter smog, it was quite quite a revelation to know the contribution of the burning of this agricultural waste to that smog. Yeah, I mean, that that finally, after I finished my thesis, which which at that time was actually focused on uh, using pine needles as residue and uh, see how we could make fuels and fertilizers out of this in the Himalayas. Those also caused forest fires, uh, which ultimately lead to loss of biodiversity and smoke emissions. But after finishing my master's thesis, I was pretty sure I didn't want to lie in the bookshelf and wanted to see how I could implement this on the ground. And since then, I've been uh, trying. <laughs> I, I started first part-time and worked in a company called Simba Networks. Did this part time, and after that, I uh, took this up full time. So, as I am understanding, Takachar is providing a technical solution to change raw agricultural waste or uh, biomass into usable products. Please tell us how you developed this technology and who all supported you in this journey. Because, as we know, this technology for biomass processing is generally at a very nascent stage, and what you have created is quite a breakthrough in the industry especially in terms of scaling it up. So please, if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so at, at Takachar, uh, what we realized during our initial exploration was that, I mean, the open burning of this agricultural and forest waste is prevalent throughout the world, right? Be it India, uh, Southeast Asia, Africa, even, even in the US. I mean, the, some of the common problems that we realized, roadblocks to utilize these agricultural waste productively was that you know, these are very voluminous, you know, loose, bulky and wet materials, you know, that makes it very expensive to transport long distances and process by anyone who want to use them productively. So the best way for to utilize these uh, residues is to either use them in situ, for example, either, you know, incorporate them in the soil, or if that's not possible, you need to build small scale, decentralized, low cost equipment that you bring to the waste rather than bringing the waste to the machine. And we wanted to follow that approach. I mean, biomass technologies have existed for decades, but the approach has been these large-scale centralized technologies, uh, which just haven't managed to scale uh, anywhere in the world significantly. So this is a roadblock that was being faced in this industry, and that's how we plan to design these machines that are small-scale, decentralized, low-cost, and portable. Taken, they can be taken directly to farms or forests and process these waste into valuable products like fuels and fertilizers. So tell us a little bit about what this technology uh, looks like and how big is it so that our listeners can get an idea of what we are talking about here. So the, the technology is very similar to a coffee roasting machine. So it, the process it adopts is also uh, similar to the roasting of coffee. And in fact, the scientific name of the process that we use in the machine called torrefaction is actually is derived from from French word, which means roasting. And it was initially used to roast coffee. That word was used for the roasting of coffee. So essentially, we roast this agricultural waste. That's what we do in um, in controlled amounts of air. And what that takes out are low energy containing molecules and leaves behind a dense carbon rich material. And that dense carbon rich material can be used to make fuels, fertilizers, or other raw materials to make uh, other specialty chemicals like activated carbon. The equipment can be deployed in decentralized ways and farmers can own and operate the machine. And then we connect the farmers to these various markets for fuels or fertilizers uh, so that they're able to sell their produce uh, out of the right. machine and de-risk the technology. Mm -hmm. And secondly, uh, 
various agricultural waste are suitable to make various kinds of products. So for example, coconut shells are more suitable to make uh, activated carbon raw material. Uh, rice husks and rice straws will be more suitable to make uh, fertilizers. So we have intelligence in the machine that uh, tells the machine process uh, the, these wastes according to these uh, end applications. Okay, that sounds very dreamy and it's incredible that such a technology already exists. Tell us a bit more about where you developed this technology and who all helped you in developing it. Right, you've made probably some 12 or 13 prototypes on this over the past uh, five or six years. Uh, and uh, of course, initially I, I developed a few prototypes out of my master's thesis program at uh, TU Delft. Even after that, when I was trying to commercialize this uh, or when I was trying to see if this can be deployed on the ground. And uh, during my master's program, I knew uh, Kevin, who's my co-founder, uh, who's also doing his PhD on this in MIT. We were, he was also focusing his work in India at that point in time. And uh, what we realized that both of us had similar interests and uh, we were essentially working on the same thing. And we decided to join hands at that point in time, sometime in 2018. And uh, the prototypes that I was developing or the plans that I had in taking my prototypes forward is something that Kevin was already working on during his PhD thesis. And uh, that essentially helped accelerate our work. So the, the, the prototypes that he developed in his PhD thesis then became our platform to now further take that forward and develop that as a product from there on. So uh, of course, Kevin has uh, been my partner in crime in co-founding this. And of course, we've received a lot of support from uh, various stakeholders, including um, of course, friends, family, but also through the various fellowships that we have attended, such as uh, the School for Social Entrepreneurs or the Equine Green Fellowship, various business and competitions that we have won and uh, also the various government grants that we have won. Those have also helped us uh, take our product uh, forward. I believe this technology, even though it is fully developed, is still at a pilot stage and the whole ecosystem around it, like where the end product will be supplied and the market linkages related to, uh, related to it still need to be developed. So what are your plans to scale this innovation and where will you first implement this project? So we have a few upcoming pilots later this year in which uh, we'll be utilizing, uh, we'll be trying out rice straws in our equipment and we'll be deploying a machine in Haryana and converting the rice straws into a fertilizer product and doing trials uh, on crops there. And we'll be comparing the yields with uh, the fertilizer produced from our equipment versus the status quo fertilizer usage. We also have a pilot coming up in South India with coconut shells, where we'll be working with the coconut oil mills to use coconut shells and see if our equipment um, can produce raw materials to make activated carbon. So uh, those are the two pilots coming up in India. We also have a uh, pilot in Kenya coming up early next year where rice husks will be used to make a fertilizer product. Working with a local organization there called Safi Organics that is uh, already selling fertilizers to close to 5,000 farmers using one of our earlier prototypes. Um, and now, now that they are scaled, so they are uh, they stand to benefit from our from our commercial product, so that they're able to meet their uh, throughput requirements. So these are our, our few pilots that are coming up over the next few months or so, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm quite excited about this because we are taking the product 
uh, first time in front of users. So right. it's, it's always a exciting yet nerve-wracking, uh, <laughs> uh, nerve-wracking situation. Right, right. You know, it all sounds absolutely amazing, and uh, we wish you luck in uh, achieving what you have set out for. So, Vidyut, like there are so many youngsters who uh, wish to find solutions to a problem that exists, but it all just seems so overwhelming to do it alone by yourself. So, we want to know from you that. how has your journey been and how have these awards and the support that you have received how has that helped in your journey and uh, gotten you as far as it has so if you could just tell us a little bit more about that so that our young entrepreneurs can feel encouraged to do something like what you're doing yeah i think that's a great question mitali so initially when i was working alone uh, i mean i had uh, i felt very overwhelmed overwhelmed as well I and mean, i was developing these prototypes by myself and uh, it for me i mean personally it was very challenging to do that uh not in terms of uh, being able to do that but just finding resources to getting it done and also you know not having anyone to bounce ideas off with so it was uh, quite challenging for me at that point in time uh but uh, i mean i i would say uh, you know uh, when i started collaborating with kevin on doing this uh, things became much easier and uh, and that's and it's sped up things uh, significantly uh, my efforts and his his efforts joined merged and that led to a stronger foundation and uh, you know just more access to resources to get things to develop so you know so what i would say is invention and innovation the uh, you know doing it alone in 90% of the cases a myth i mean the lone inventor thing is a myth most of the most significant inventions are or innovations are done together uh, uh, with people and so collaboration is very very important and that's what will take your solution forward so i would say definitely try to collaborate with people as much as possible to get your solution off the ground uh, i would definitely say that from my own experience that's amazing advice you have given us and i'm sure young entrepreneurs and other aspirants wanting to do something exceptional will find inspiration there I want to talk to you about another important aspect of running an enterprise which is fundraising. Please talk to us about what your plans are to raise funds and how easy or difficult is it for a social enterprise to undertake this task. So it depends on how you want to as an organization what's your um, how you want to fundraise right um as a company we wanted to keep our environmental and social mission very i mean quite very core uh, to our organization so in the initial stages up, up till now i mean we didn't really want to take any investments predominantly because of two reasons one was because we I mean, first we wanted to create significant value ourselves so that whenever we speak to investors we are in a strong position to discuss based on the value that we created and uh, secondly i mean our environmental mission is very core to us i mean the effort till now has been to bootstrap as much as possible but of course we're open to investments uh, later down the line so i mean that's the reason we depended primarily on grants okay uh, from uh, business plan competitions fellowships awards uh, and even government grants it it is a challenge for sure one has to spend as a founder one has to spend probably 50% or even more of the time in 
ensuring the sufficient runway for the organization till the product starts getting sales. Uh, so it, I, it, it is a challenge, but uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's impossible. So, but yeah, each organization to their own. I mean, some organizations get investment straight away. I mean, if you want the rocket fuel to go to market faster, I yeah. mean, you can get investment straight away, right? Mm-hmm. And start developing a product, but we didn't do that. We, we wanted to make it more organic, right. uh, but that of course did cost us speed, but we have been developing that product over time. Uh, we are close to commercialization. Thank you for sharing such insights and letting us know that there exists an ecosystem to support such initiatives in the form of grants, fellowships and donor support. Although of course they are extremely competitive but with a great invention or idea such as the one that you have and with a good team it may be possible to secure their partnership. Vidyut, we are also curious to know that what does the life of a founder of a social enterprise look like? Do you spend most of your time on desk or are you meeting stakeholders or spending time in the field speaking with farmers and understanding their point of view? Please tell us what does your schedule look like? So because of because of covid that answer uh, might like vary according to the situation. So right. I mean of course covid times um uh it was a lot of desk based work. Uh, I mean we couldn't really before getting vaccinated we couldn't really uh, go out too much um but i think uh, ever since we have been vaccinated uh, our team has been completely vaccinated both with both doses things are beginning to return to what they were pre february or march 2020 you know so back to doing very hands on prototyping work uh, with our equipment uh, being in the workshop testing the prototypes and uh, of course uh, making field visits speaking to farmers testing various ideas out with them for various uh, i guess sub components or features of the prototype or the business model so getting back to that since august and of course a lot of time also goes for me in fundraising and uh, working together with uh, our partners and stakeholders who are supporting us so that a lot of stakeholder management and fundraising is also a significant portion yeah uh, of my day apart from the design of the product or the business model okay working okay on business model. Yeah. Yeah. sounds very exciting uh, thank you for sharing that uh, Lastly we all want to know what has motivated you to take up such a challenging job and what keeps you inspired to keep moving forward with it I mean I have a couple of reasons to do it I mean yeah. one is some of our earlier pilots that we did is uh, particularly during my during my master's thesis kind of exposed me to the impact the a solution like this can create so i mean for example during my pilot we set up a few prototypes in a village in uttarakhand and collected pine needles from people in the village uh, who were paid for the pine needles and then we processed that into fuel and what we found was people in the village doubled their income for the month but also at the same time we prevented forest fires from happening in areas just immediately adjacent to the village and i found that to be really impactful and some of the stories that came out after interviewing the people who participated in the pilot were very powerful so i guess that was the kind of inflection point that kind of uh, kind of motivated me to work on this uh, because it had a very strong social and environmental impact and secondly of course i mean personally speaking um, i mean it's it's a challenge for me uh, it's you know it's uh, 
I guess for my own growth, I thought entrepreneurship in this doing something entrepreneurial at this age would is going to be very challenging. I mean, there are going to be for sure failures, but those failures are going to teach me a lot of things, and I'm going to learn a lot. I think that was another reason to do that. So failures, apart from successes, not that fail all the time. The right. successes <laughs> aside, I I mean the learnings from those failures or those challenges is something that uh, I think. Uh, it would help me grow in developing myself as a leader and also improve my skill sets thank you so much vidyut this has been so inspiring and we absolutely love talking to you we all learned a lot about how thinking out of the box can actually provide solutions to any problem in the world and how nothing is impossible if you set your mind to it we really enjoyed talking to you today and we are sure thakachar is set for a great future not just for itself but for all of us thank you so much for being with us thank you so much mitali thank you for having me so that was the stimulating story of this amazing climate enterprise thakachar who are converting agricultural residue and biomass into fuel activated carbon fertilizers and other usable products which the farmer can sell in the market instead of burning by using their unique decentralized technology i hope you enjoyed a conversation with vidyut you can reach out to them through their website linkedin or twitter their details are shared in the description of this podcast With that we end today's show. Our production and editing was done by me Mitali. Our theme song and music was by Pixabay. If you like our content, please follow us wherever you get your podcast and on our Twitter and Instagram accounts. This is Mitali signing off and we will meet again next week with another exciting episode. Until then, take care.